the clap gets picked up. Okay. So Streamlabs, because I'm going to look it up. But you can, can you record anything streaming? I mean, I used to use Streamlabs all the time because I used to stream on Twitch. And now oh, I just use okay. it to record my podcast. This is cool. Yeah. I'm easily distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Hi, guys. Welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica. We are joined again. New week, new guests, new topic, guys. And this week, we are going to be talking about Bridgerton season one, season two. And we're talking about it with returning guest and friend of the pod. Everyone say hi to Tulin. Hi, guys. I'm Tulin. You might know me from the Cosmic Circus as Isla Ruby. Um, I'm so happy to be here and so happy to chat about Bridgerton. We have a lot to say. Yes. <laughs> guys, thank you once again for returning to the podcast. Also, don't forget, share the podcast with your friends and family. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, subscribe to the Patreon, follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. And maybe you'll get, you know, behind the scenes glances on uh, what goes into making a pod. But, you know, today we're going to talk about Bridgerton. It is the hit Netflix period drama. And before we get into that, guys, usually on the podcast, I do tend to talk about, um, like at the beginning part, I will do entertainment news and things the like and new releases and since there is currently a writers and actors strike going on right now you know the writer strike started june 20th actor strike started july 14th i just want to take the time um at the start of this podcast just to acknowledge the strike that is going on right now and to show my support to the writers and actors because i'm not part of wga or sag or anything like that but i still want to acknowledge them because them going on the strike and fighting for fair working conditions, fair pay, being able to have health insurance, all the things that they don't have currently and they are taking the like they're truly sacrificing their livelihoods to make this happen. It's something that I want to um, you know, just acknowledge at this point. So hopefully the demands are met and they can um, get back to work and get rightfully paid what they are due. I want to totally echo that because without, you know, writers, without actors, we wouldn't have these amazing shows. And I think that, and if you look at my Twitter feed, I'm, I'm slightly partisan on this. I, I totally think that um, the AM uh, PTP, which is, you know, basically the negotiating arm for all the studios needs to get in gear and, you know, negotiate with everybody and absolutely. give them a fair deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, writers should be, writers should not have to fear for their job simply because artificial intelligence is being brought into the picture. And I honestly find the whole artificial intelligence thing, although it is interesting, um, <clears throat> I feel like studios using that as a tool to now substitute real people to write like stories that will, that are meant to like impact other people, inspire people. So use artificial intelligence for that is a cop-out. It's a well, cop not out. only AI, right? There, it, yeah. it, it totally is a cop-out. But, mm -hmm. you know, so many issues have come to late and, you know, people feel comfortable talking about it now, whereas before they didn't. You know, just even paying people on time, which you would think if you're running a business, like you shouldn't have to chase down a studio two years after your show has, you know, wrapped. 
mm-hmm. get your check. Right. That's not a way to live a life. Like you can't live like that. No, 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 you can't. So I just want to show like dear love and support to the writers and actors on strike. And I'm just wishing y'all all the best. And I really hope that this, um, the negotiations are obviously ongoing, but I do hope that at some point, um, you know, the AM, AMPTP, right? Yeah. AMPTP, yeah. I hope that they can come to the table with, you know, a meaningful, um, and meet the needs of the writers and the actors and get this wrapped up. You know what I mean? And I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to plug this really quickly, guys. If you're listening and you want to support the writers and actors and any of the below the line crew who, you know, are currently um, dealing with this strike, you can donate to the Entertainment Community Fund. Um, just look it up. There's, they're, a, you know, a verified organization and there's lots of links and information about it. Yeah. And I'll be linking any more information you need in the description below. Okay. So. We are going to go ahead and jump into Bridgerton. For those who do not know, Bridgerton is a very, very popular um, Netflix historical fiction romance series. It was created by Chris Van Dusen. And a lot of people know this as basically like a Shondaland production. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is. It's her first scripted show for Netflix. And Chris Van Dusen... Dusen? Yeah. Chris Van Dusen. He's really just like the spearhead of the production. And he is a mm-hmm. former Grey's Anatomy writer as well. And the show follows this um, Regency era family by the name, the Bridgerton family. Uh, they're a fictional family. They have a lot of kids. They have a lot of kids. They have eight <laughs> children in that family and it's alphabetical order right? yes for each kid i'm, I'm not going to try to name them all now it's um anthony benedict uh colin yes. daphne daphne eloise eloise george yep. hyacinth see that yeah, it's amazing <laughs> yeah you and... were prepped for this <laughs> i've been spending so much time doing research man it's just it just flows out of me at this point you know what i mean just not even thinking Yes. So the show follows the eight siblings as they try to navigate the social scene of Regency uh, London's town during the social season. And they're in a search for love, you know, marriageable youth and nobility and gentry are launched into society and spread about the land and they are trying to find their match. So season one starts focusing on Daphne since she is the eldest daughter in the family. And I just want to say, because we're going to talk about season one and season two. Um, and maybe season three. Oh my gosh, season three. I didn't do enough research on season three. So if you know stuff, you can like go ahead and jump in. But I just want to ask you, like, do you want to just go straight in and do like season one and then season two? Or should we just do like a general overview? Because to be perfectly honest, I will also say, and you know, I like to jump around in the pod. Yeah. You know, I've been doing a lot. I think we should just see where it goes. We can jump around. Um, I want to mention, too, that this was, and I think you mentioned the books, but this was based off of, like, a really popular book by Julia Quinn, mm-hmm. um, who I think if I remember, and I, I love romance books, so, like, mm-hmm. and I used to, I started reading romance with historical romance, and Julia Quinn was one of the authors I first read, and I think she wrote um, The Duke and I, which is what season one um, was based on, 
like while she was in Harvard in the dorms, which makes us like makes me feel like an underachiever because I certainly wasn't doing that. Yes, Julia Quinn. I'm not gonna lie. Um, if I was in school, I would not be writing. Like, <laughs> well, I think somebody dared her, if I remember right. And I'm gonna look that up. Okay. Um, so the TV show is based okay. off of the best-selling romance novel series by Julia Quinn. Mm-hmm. And she's, and she's also, a consultant on the series. Yes, and she is also a consultant on the series. And since we're already talking about Julia, I'm just going to bring this up. Um, a lot of people already know that when you read the Bridgerton books, all of the characters are white, basically. And yep. the Netflix show has a colorblind casting, you know, mm-hmm. where basically we're living in this post-racial fantasy land where we are to imagine the Atlantic slave trade never happening and mm-hmm. England, like London, England, just being this um, diverse mixed race society. And mm-hmm. London in that time period was diverse, but there weren't a lot of, there weren't dukes of color, basically. So it yeah. didn't have like the same kind of diversity that you see in the Shondaland series. And also there are, I guess, rumors or whisperings that Queen Charlotte who is a character in the show in Bridgerton has some kind mm-hmm. of Portuguese descendancy and the King George who's in the show and King George the third based off King George the third, the real historical person um, married her despite her having mm-hmm. like the Portuguese descendancy or whatever. And so I think that's supposed to play into the show a little bit, but in the books it's mainly just white people and yeah, the series that's is true. not like that. And, you know, Julia addressed this in a panel that she did where basically she said that, like, um, she didn't want to put white people, she didn't want to put people of color in her books because in that time period, it was less likely that would be treated fairly. And she didn't want to have a character who is, like, kind, loving, supposed to be, like, warmed and welcomed by the readers. And then the next page, they're being, like, anti-Semitic, you know, or they're being racist. Like, she didn't want to have that in her story, so she just did without So I think she she said specifically too, like she didn't want to have black characters because she didn't want to write struggle. Yeah. And that's just like, that's just messed up. Um, I feel like I kind of understand it because it's the same with Sofia Coppola, you know, mm -hmm. and The Beguiled. Um, So The Beguiled is a film that Sofia Coppola did, which is a remake of the film by the same name. I can't remember exactly when the original came out, but essentially The Beguiled is a film... 1971. 1971, okay. So The Beguiled is a film that follows, um, I guess, some... A house... Wait a minute. It's like a a union soldier. Yeah, it's like a union soldier um, who's shot, right? And then on Confederate ground and then like pulled in from into a schoolhouse somehow, I think, like a girl's school. A girl's school, and they're all like young, you know, little white girls. And it's Clint, Clint Eastwood, right? He's the and the old one, the main actor, not the Sofia Coppola one. Yes, the Sofia Coppola one has Colin Farrell as a Union soldier, and in the original, there is you know the black slave character that is in the movie, and in Sofia Coppola's version, she did not include the character simply because she did not feel that she could write to that character's effect, like she couldn't write mm-hmm. for that character. You know, she can mm-hmm. write for the character's emotions and feelings, which I can understand um, if you are a writer who does not come from that same racial background as a character and you feel like you don't have the depth to really portray 
this person in a meaningful way in screen in your movie you just feel like it's just better if I don't do it at all which is a safe route and I understand that but to your point you know instead of writing for people of color you can write with people of color Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's not as hard now seeing as like there are so many writers out there as we see that are not white that could benefit your um work your production especially in bridgerton because there's only one black writer on the writing team and she's only there for three episodes is that is that true yeah i didn't realize oops sorry and this is falling um i didn't realize that she Um, only wrote for three episodes in season one i didn't check season two but remember episode four where (laughs) we're like that was her no she didn't write episode four oh i'm shocked yeah i'm looking this up now because i i i you know that's actually a really great point and that's not something i thought about which is really you know not not great not to think about that because i you know all of the focus i feel like is on the cast right Mm -hmm. and and the actors but i wasn't even thinking about thinking about the writings and i think that matters as well yeah and i feel like truly truly um you do not have to have Okay, showrunners shouldn't feel required to have a diverse writing team if you have a diverse cast because then you could fall into the trap of tokenism. However, Mm -hmm. if you are writing stories with Black, Brown, Southeastern Asian, Middle Eastern Asian people in your cast and you want to- You need more writers. Yeah, and if you want to implement these actors in these roles that are originally written for white people, then you start like creating this very- um sanitized version of your story where it's just kind of like mm-hmm. let's just have these characters exist their race doesn't matter it has no implications on what's going on and then we're fine and it doesn't work in bridgerton because most of the dark skin people in the show don't really speak that much and you have one dark skin mm-hmm. character who is a villain and <laughs> this is the duke's dad yeah that is just terrible like, horrible yeah a terrible terrible person at that and a bad father which is another you know it, it, a whole other conversation about portrayals of, of fathers so that's yeah also having like the one dark skinned black woman there with no man no love interest mm-hmm. La- just... Lady Danbury Lady Danbury is just chilling mm-hmm. she's just I don't know single like she's the, the she has the... lovers right many of them or am I thinking of Charlotte where Queen Charlotte the uh, other series where she had several you know people she... She didn't have several people. She, she had one. I thought she had a love interest. That's right. You're reminding me. See, it's yeah. been a while. Young Lady Danbury and Violet Queen Charlotte. Bri- Vi- and Violet Bridgerton's father. All right. Imagine, I remember now. Imagine the woman you like grew up with was like boning your dad. It's like... Gonna cause some uh, wrinkles in your friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I... When she was... Was she um, in Queen Charlotte... When Violet finally figured it out with the paper hats scene, like the birthday hats thing, and she was like so calm and chill about it, I'd be like, girl, this is not how I would have reacted to it. Violet Bridgerton is a better woman than me because I would have felt some type of way. I completely agree. I would have had many, many big feelings if I had discovered that, you know, and I think that would have been a really interesting place to explore um, story from and have maybe a 
a big old Violet Bridgerton episode that wasn't just her trying to marry her kids or in mourning or yeah. any of that. Right. Um, and I don't know if we mentioned, did we mention that there's another miniseries that's Charlotte's series two at the beginning? Because we mentioned Bridgerton season one and two. The Bridgerton universe is vast. There's going to be a Queen Charlotte season two? I think so. Why? One season was enough. I don't know. They just... Oh my god. It's, so Netflix. it's not officially renewed. No. But they're talking wrong. about it. No. We only need one season. Uh. <laughs> On the next episode of the podcast. Oh my gosh. Why oh. Queen Charlotte should only be one season. Oh my gosh. It's literally a limited series. It's literally a mini series. Like... Y'all, let the story rest where it is, okay? We're gonna we're gonna follow Brimsley and Reynolds and and see their love story. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Heartstopper better watch out! Heartstopper better watch <laughs> out! <laughs> Young Royals found dead. Hey. Anyways, back back to Bridgerton. Back, back to, to Bridgerton. Back to Regency era. Um, I feel like <clears throat> with Bridgerton. It kind of like follows on the tail end of Hamilton, you know, oh. the musical for those who do not know what Hamilton is. Okay. I don't believe you. I know you know what Hamilton is. <laughs> Have you been you... living under a rock? For real? <laughs> you don't know what Hamilton is? You don't know Lin-Manuel Miranda? Hello? But for those who do not know, um, Hamilton is basically this musical that's a retelling of Alexander Hamilton. He is a founding father. He created the banking system. He's on the $20 bill. That's all I know about him. He died in a duel, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, the musical became very popular. And I think 2015, Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda wrote, composed, starred, directed. He, he cracked his rib open and Hamilton flew out of his chest and he birthed something that won a Pulitzer. Okay, he he birthed that baby. It's his. <laughs> a Pulitzer, Tony's, every kind of award. Oscar, Grammy. Win, I think, yeah. Newberry, Hugo thing. Award, Nobel Peace Prize. Like, he got it all, okay? He caught them all, all right? And essentially, Hamilton was very famous and well-known and beloved because it was a reflection of the Obama, Obama's America. And it... Mm -hmm told the story of america then with the reflection of america now and i think a lot of people really liked hamilton a lot because um uh it just had like this very diverse cast and i'm not gonna mm -hmm. lie i loved hamilton okay mm -hmm. you do the da 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 listen i will keep going and i will <laughs> not stop okay trust me but I feel like a lot of times when shows, a musical like Hamilton, a show like Bridgerton, they will profit off of like surface level diversity by having a diverse cast. And the stories um, are, I mean, they're good. They're great. But you're writing problematic historical figures and then you're erasing the negative history that follows mm -hmm. them. Like for real. Like King George III was very much Horrible. involved. Yes. In the slave trade. He was. And so was Alexander Hamilton. Like they focus a lot in the musical on the anti-slavery part of it. And baby, we're, the musical is literally set during the American Revolution. Be mm -hmm. so for real right now. Like be so serious. And Telper made it worse by making Alexander Hamilton 
bisexual. Like, you guys can't be serious for one second. He is a real man. He is a historical figure. All right? I don't... Like, taking someone who's on the $25 bill and a slave owner and making him the char- like the main character in your fan fiction, are we really doing this right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's it's interesting, too, not, like, to kind of pivot off of that, there's... Like, so Hamilton and, and Bridgerton have, like, other similarities, too, not just with um, with casting, but also, like, the story of the sisters, right? So in Bridgerton season two, and I know I'm jumping around, um, there's Edwina and Kate, right? Mm-hmm. And they are, there's this kind of love triangle with Anthony. Mm-hmm. Well, the Schuller sh- sisters in um, the Schuyler sisters? In Hamilton. The, Sh- the Schuyler sisters, I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the the sisters in Hamilton. Yeah, my my brain is not working, but no, you know, fine. there's that love triangle. There's that love triangle there too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting how there's that parallel. It's not historical. It's not. Um, it's yeah. just like story parallels. Yeah, and there are a lot of historical inaccuracies in Hamilton, and it's not just like absolutely how the Schuyler family had like. 10 12 kids in there and they only depict the three sisters it's not that it's the fact that like most of the people in that show are slave owners like christopher jackson Mm -hmm. as much as i love him he plays george washington founding Mm -hmm. father first president of america george washington who literally took the teeth out of his slaves mouths and put it in his own mouth and then they told us a story when we were children that all of his teeth were made out of wood or wooden Mm-hmm. Which they were not. They weren't. If you go to, if you go to Mount Vernon now, they've recently, um, they recently started to acknowledge all of that, mm-hmm. which, which is nice because for years and years they didn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's the same with, um, with Monticello in, you know, further out in Virginia. And I know this because I'm in Virginia and I've, I've been to Mount Vernon recently. Um, so you know, it's nice that that history, the real things that happened, are starting to get acknowledgement. Yeah, and on, on that note too, with and and I hate to go back to Queen Charlotte, but no, you ahead. know it was really it was really weird, you know, to watch that and feel sympathy for King George because he's not, a, you know, we we just mentioned he's not a character from history that you would like was a good guy, right? He's he did a lot of really crappy stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's a problem with these stories as well because they kind of act as historical revision. Where we take these real people who are parts of history and we mm-hmm. dress them up as fictional characters for our own little TV show, our own little musical. And then people grow attachments to these characters because of the show, because of the musical, because of the movie, because of whatever. And then they forget about the fact that these people have truly negative histories tied to their names. And they are willing to ignore it to live in this like beautiful post-racial liberal fantasy of a TV show that is like Bridgerton, that is Hamilton, that is whatever you're watching you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not and you know you can see this recently too with Oppenheimer I don't know if you've seen any of the discussion about that movie I haven't watched Oppenheimer so I haven't watched it either okay thank goodness um, yeah so this is not really a spoiler because it's like again history but you know the movie is biographical about you know the development of the atomic bomb and all that and in some ways like he's from what I've read he's painted as like this genius guy Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, there's a lot of stuff left out, like the fallout from atomic testing in New Mexico and how people, you know, got cancer, how all these other horrible things happened to the people of New Mexico, um, that all this stuff was essentially tested on. Mm-hmm. Like, that isn't, you know, that isn't seen. The real things that happened in these historical fiction or his- historical things aren't brought to life. Yeah. A lot of times, and that happens also with, like, biopics. Absolutely. (laughs) If you've listened to, like, any of my podcasts, you know that I don't like biopics. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like biopics. I don't, I don't know why we we have them. Like, documentaries are better overall. But biopics, as you guys know, are basically this retelling of, like, historical figures' life. And this happened recently with the biopic that's coming out with Bradley Cooper. I don't remember who he's playing. Leonard, about Leonard. Leonard Bernstein, the composer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are having some things to say about the nose because mm-hmm. it is very big. And the family of Leonard Bernstein, they put out a statement basically saying that, like, you know, Bradley, he spent a lot of time with us creating this film and he put a lot of care into it. And we basically went along with his vision and whatever choices he decided to make. It's the choices he decided to make. And you know what? I respect that. I prefer it when a biopic comes out and at least the family of the person the movie yeah. is about agrees with it. I can deal with that. Like, I don't need Oops. a House of Gucci. I don't need, a, like, Tom and Pam and Tommy. I don't want that. Yeah. You know, if the Leonard Bernstein's family says Bradley Cooper is cool with them, then that's fine. That's great. But, you know, we can't I think that matters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? And I think that... The family basically had to say, right, yeah, our dad had a big nose. Yeah. And I, I just, I can't imagine, you know, having to put that in a release. Um, but I understand, you know, why, because it was very noticeable and it was very noticeable that it wasn't Bradley Cooper's nose. Um, so I think that's, that's interesting too. And I think that, um, that you mentioned that it's better when the family is cool with, you know, with the biopic and there was mm-hmm. a recent, um, recent biopic and I can't remember what it was that the family totally wasn't cool with it. And it was a very prominent biopic and it's totally on the tip of my tongue. Um, and you know, that was like many lawsuits and stuff like that. I'm sorry. It was a, it was of a, it was of a woman, uh, singer and it, it was, uh, like I'm very famous in it. I just am totally blanking. So don't mind me. Is it Priscilla? No, it wasn't. Um, it's not Whitney, is it? Because that just came no, out. No, her fa- her family. Well, no, there was one that her family didn't like two years ago. Um, about Whitney. Um, you know what? I think it may have been Aretha Franklin. What? And it? I think it was. Yeah, but it wasn't a biopic. I think it was like a like a biographical fake like documentary reenactment. I'm not gonna So lie. I think that's what it was. Okay, but you remember when there were like two Aretha Franklin biopics coming out at the same time? There's one with Jennifer yep. Hudson and one with Cynthia and Revo. Like literally two different ones. Yeah. And I think they're gonna be two Mike Tyson biopics. One with Jamie Foxx and one with the guy from Moonlight, his name escapes me right oh. now, but like I can literally see his face in my mind's eye. Like I see him there. Yeah, I feel like the guy oh. who, who I feel like the guy who was in Moonlight, he he's better suited for the role. Jamie Foxx, as amazing 
and talented actor as he is, he doesn't give me Mike Tyson. No, I can't see him like getting this. And this is terrible because he's like amazing. But like, I can't see him embodying Mike Tyson. Just like. I feel like he can do his voice. Like that's without a question. He could definitely do Mike Tyson's voice. But like. Yeah. That's. He's not like an energy about him. Yes. Really unique. Yeah. He was also in the Netflix movie. Um. They clone Tyrone, which I re- watched mm-hmm. recently. It's so good. You have to watch it. And that that just came out, right? And yeah. it, there's a word chatter, I think. I hope there so is. So that has it has uh, John Boyega, uh, Tiana Paris. Mm-hmm. Who else? Jamie I'm totally Fox. linking. Yeah. Also, Keith Sutherland is in it, but he's in closer to the end. But it's very very good. Ooh. Yeah. Kiefer? I haven't seen Kiefer Sutherland. Like it, yeah, he was in Twenty Four, and then he was in the Lone Survivor. Is it the Lone Survivor, the Last Survivor, something Survivor, Designated Survivor, Designated Survivor? I actually something, watched that yeah. show. I think I watched like two I did seasons. Too. But it's been a while. It's <laughs> it's you know, yeah. It all blends together. I also only none of watched- this is Bridgerton though. Oh, yeah. And I also only watched the show because Cal Penn was in that show. And I, like, low-key had a crush on him for a while. But now he's gay, so never mind. <laughs> I mean, he was always he was always gay. I just didn't know. Yeah, well, I, I think he only recently... Came out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else was in that? Wow, I'm looking at all the cast now. It had, like, an amazing cast. Doesn't Michael J. Fox was in it. Yeah. Was he? Apparently. I don't remember him. I don't remember him either, but I may have to go back and look at that. To be honest, I don't remember that show. I remember the pilot, and that's about it. I mean, everyone remembers the pilot. Everyone (laughs) remembers the pilot, of course. Yeah, it's very dramatic. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is what happens when we talk. We go on we go on tangents and yeah. if you guys were in the pre-show, we were just chatting and I think we got into science fiction. Oh yeah, we did. We took it to science fiction cuz Peripheral is a show on Netflix. No, Amazon. Amazon. They got mm-hmm. canceled. And it's got Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. I actually have a little bit of a confession and this is going to sound like kind of mean. But there are some people that I see there. Okay, listen, I'm just going to say this outright. I'm not going to be nice. I'm just going to say it. There are some actors and actresses. You cannot convince me that they're good at their job. You can't convince me that they're good. Like Alexander Shipp, I don't think she's a good actress. Okay. Um, Who's the other girl? Dakota Johnson? I don't think she's a good actress. Not Dakota Fanning, Dakota Johnson, right? Dakota the, Johnson. She was in Fifty Grades. Dakota yeah, Fanning can't act. She can. She, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I, I totally disagree with you there. She's the, amazing. Oh yeah, the Fanning sisters got it. They got it. Yeah. They got it. Okay, but Dakota Johnson, I've seen her act before. Like, I've I've watched her at things, and I want people to know this. I don't make this assumption off of one little thing because I did make one assumption off of Alexandria. Dario, I think, because she's from the Percy Jackson series. And then I watched um, yeah. White Lotus and I was wrong. I was wrong. And I'll say I was wrong because she ate in that show. She killed it. Okay. But Chloe Grace Moretz, I don't feel like she's 
good. I liked Nimona. She was in Nimona and I liked Nimona. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But she was never really my favorite. And then there's Alexander Ship. And the only reason why I don't like her is because she once, like, she was cast as Storm in the X-Men. And then she made this yeah. tweet about, like, saying that, oh, Storm doesn't have to be dark-skinned. Why do I have to go off the opinion of, like, a crayon? Blah, 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 whatever. And she's like, I'm not going to be cast if Fox buys X-Men, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, like, girl, you sound dumb. I missed that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yes. Her and then Amanda Stenberg. But Amanda Stenberg was in that movie, Where Hands Touch, where she was like a biracial German girl who fell over the Nazi. So I really was just like not feeling her. I did like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I do love that movie. Yeah. But like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just kind of like iffy on her. And what about the Hate You Give? Because that was like her. Mm. That was her big one, right? Because that was before Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yes. But the Hate You Give already isn't like. There are people who are kind of, you know, iffy about the casting because they. The the character is a dark skinned black girl. Amanda is light skinned. Ah, uh, yeah, you that's know. true. Love Amanda. I think Amanda is like a fun, you know, flirty girl. You know, I think she's. I'm sure she's super cool to hang out with. But some of the choices she has made are not that great. Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Though that's a hit. It's a cult classic. B- Pete Davidson being in that movie was honestly a genius move. Also, Lee Pace is in that movie, and I want to say I love him. I love Lee Pace. I think he's phenomenal. No one else could have paid the, played the character. Um, <laughs> super fun. He's in Foundation now, if, if you're listening. And to go back to sci-fi, if you want to see a lot of Lee Pace, he's on uh, Apple TV. Why does Apple TV just... have so many sci-fi shows? Like Foundation Now and then Silo. Like, what? Are, what's up with that? I don't know. I think there's just like one executive probably that loves science fiction. Because they also have from... Um, for all mankind, right? Uh, oh, I think I heard of that. that yeah. That's Apple. Yeah, that's like one awards. That's alternative history. Um, that was, I think, one of the first big Apple TV shows because that's like in season four now. Oh, really? Yeah, that's weird. They have Invasion. I have only, only just heard about For All Mankind. I heard about Invasion. Yeah, so For All Mankind, 2019, it it had three seasons, and now it's going to have its fourth one soon. It's got Severance, right? So they've got. Is Severance sci-fi? Uh, it, I think it's got aspects of that. I feel like Severance is sci-fi in the same way that, like, I don't know. It's just, like, hints of sci-fi. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the point of it. It's not technobabble. It's, like, workplace yeah. thriller. Right. Yeah. I still have to watch Severance. There's C um which had oh, yeah, jason that. momoa mm-hmm. that didn't last very long i don't think it's weird that i feel like c was the first apple tv show that i heard of mainly because of jason interesting momoa. yeah <laughs> that was a gory show oh, i watched okay. a bunch of it that was that had a lot of i never a lot of blood watching it also when apple totally... tv first launched i did not have it like yeah it took a while for like adopting it right because they didn't have it wasn't necessarily worth getting when they first launched because they didn't have anything yes um we should circle back to bridgerton <laughs> yes if you're listening we like bridgerton i mean speak for or no, well, well we, we we like talking about bridgerton rather <laughs> let's let's say that i just want to say like i feel like in season one with bridgerton 
I started watching it because everyone else was watching it. And it was one of those things where this show came out, came, it came out and then it came out of nowhere, you know, because I knew that Shonda had broken, basically broken her lease with Apple, with ABC and then went on with um, Netflix and then after ABC had mistreated her, let's point that out too. And it like, it came to a head over a Disney ticket. I think an executive was super rude to her and said, you get like one Disney ticket Mm -hmm. after you've earned the company, like ABC billions of dollars and Disney billions of dollars. Yeah. Which I would have to say is ridiculous. And he probably Mm -hmm. was like, it was probably some sick joke that he thought would be so funny. Like he, he, ha ha. But like, look at you now, you look dumb. But yep, it's a straw that broke the camel's back. Yep, yep. And I'm glad that Shonda is getting her bag, okay? Because she mm-hmm. deserves. She's a phenomenal, legendary writer. But yeah. um, season one, I started watching it, and I was taken aback with like the costumes and just how mm-hmm. beautiful and how amazing the show looks and the balls. And I'm not gonna lie, when I was watching the like the dancing scenes. And you hear, like, landslide playing in the background. I was just like, are y'all kidding? Are y'all for And it's real? what, like, the Vitamin String Quartet did the covers, right? Because I know there was an album associated with each one. And it was like, holy crap, these instrumentals. Yes. Yes. Like, you're sitting there watching them dance. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Season two, when um, Kate and Anthony are dancing to Dancing on My Own. I fully was like, I can't mm-hmm. do this. I can't do this. Shonda, you're evil. Like, why would you do this to me? I love this song they too even, much. They even got the Swifties involved, right? Because there was a Taylor Swift cover. Was that in season one? I, I don't I remember. I'm going to look it up. Um, I think it was season one. Yeah, so it was the scene. Um, it was Wildest Dreams. And oh my gosh, it's it was, so perfect. Yeah, right? And I think it's just like, you know, the culmination of everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> so we like the music. Let, let's say that. We think we really like the music for Bridgerton. It would get, you know, a giant check. I'm not going to lie. When I figured out that it was Julie Andrews who's voicing over... As Lady with Yes. I thought I was going to see her. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, bet my girl is here. I was like, new character alert. <laughs> okay. But no. Were you, su- were you surprised... Um, that it was Penelope and that reveal. I was actually kind of disappointed that they revealed it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even bother? Why would you? And that was that? a ma- that was a major difference from the books. Like in the books, it took several books, I think, until it was revealed. Like mm-hmm. six books, maybe. Okay. And they just did it early in the show. Yeah, I feel like they just wanted to drop the hammer down. Because mm-hmm. when you're releasing, obviously, with any new show that comes out, you want to draw in as big of an audience as possible. And you want people to mm-hmm. keep watching. So if you bring in this kind of Gossip Girl character, this ominous narrator who voices <laughs> all of the characters' insecurities and all their secrets to the entire London, the ton, the elite of London, Regency era, you know, when you have that kind of character who has that much influence you revealing their secret identity is something like, ooh, you know, it's a great get to have. But I feel like when I finished season, when I finished watching season one and they revealed it was Penelope, I was like, well, I mean, I guess, but like Loki doesn't make any sense, but okay. 
I low-key thought it was going to be um, Homegirl in the dress shop. I feel like that makes more sense. Gen- Genevieve, right? The dress the dressmaker. Mm-hmm. Also, and it, I, was it? I find it hilarious that Eloise thought it was a servant. I was like, girl, <laughs> do you not see these people running around after y'all all day? All mm-hmm. day! They work! Yeah. Ain't nobody I love... I think it's really that you made the Gossip Girl reference to because you know there's a lot of wonder whether or not Julie Andrews will actually appear some way in the series and I don't think for Gossip Girl Kristen Bell was ever in the series maybe you would remember no, better she was and they 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 dragged that out too yeah. right because we didn't find out it was so in Gossip Girl spoilers that it was Dan until the end to be honest I feel like with Gossip Girl it was so smart to obviously drag it out because Gossip Girl as the narrator of the show lends to the characters because she is a part Mm -hmm. of their lives. She's an integral part of their lives. Absolutely. And also lends to the audience as we are invested in these people's lives as watchers, as viewers. Like we're pretending like we're reading the Gossip Girl blog and we're looking into the lifestyles of the people of the, you know, the rich and elite on the Upper West Side. You know, that's what it's about. Yeah. And I feel like with Little Whist- Lady Whistledown, they were just too excited. I don't know if it's too excited as a word, but they were just kind of like, they just needed something. They needed all these heavy hitters one after the other in one season. And I feel like if you just reveal all your tricks in the first act of the show, and then the second act, what do I have to look forward to? You, mm-hmm. you, you showed your hand. What else is there? I think it'll be, it's been interesting how they've kind of unraveled that, right? Because at the end of season two, um, so season one, we find out about Penelope. Season two, the very last episode, we find, uh, Eloise finds out um, about Penelope, right? After she's been on this quest the whole season. And I think it will be interesting to see how, you know, everyone navigates that and how everyone navigates their changing relationship. Will they still be friends? Will they make up? And then keeping that secret from Charlotte, keeping that secret from Colin, right? Because the next season, season three, is about the love story between Colin and Penelope. And because it's a romance, they're going to get a happy ending. It wouldn't be a romance otherwise. Like, will she still be whistled down after she marries or, you know, rides off into the sunset with Colin? I'm going to be honest and say that I don't want Penelope to end up with Colin and I never want her to end up with him in the first place. It's mm-hmm. so annoying. Like He's and- so boring. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry if people like him, but he's so boring. He's just... Also, one thing about it, I really saw a lot of myself in Penelope because I too was like the fat girl that liked the really nice guy who was nerdy and like read books, but he would never look your way just because yep. other girls don't want him. Doesn't mean he will want you. He wants the girls that don't want him. That's the problem. Yep, like, you don't see it. And I think it's really hard to come back. Like for, for come me, as back audience, from it's hard going to come up back. to your brothers and being like, I would never marry her. I would never date right? her. I would never be with her. I would never bang and her. And her hearing that. Yes. It's like heartbreaking. I would truly run up. I would truly, I would be done. I would be done. I would be finished. I would let him know what's up. Like yep. in the middle of the party, in front of the taunt, in front of everybody, in front of the queen. I don't care. You embarrass me, I'm embarrassing you. Okay, tit for tat. You get your lick and I'm getting mine in too. I'm going to get my lick back, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. 
One thing that I've read about season three that I like and that I appreciate about Penelope, like she, she's not just, so in the book, she's a spinster. She's basically like wilting on the vine, pining for Colin. Nobody's married her, blah, blah, blah. But in season three, like she is not pining after him. She is going, like she's decided, and this is in the trailers and stuff. So this isn't a spoiler because again, three like she's going after a husband she's gonna find someone to marry she's not gonna be a spinster she like wants that partner so that's interesting and i think that's probably a good departure from the books yeah i feel like colin's a turd i feel like that's smart and i'm just saying this right now y'all do not do me like you did in season one where you have a character who does a thing who is that's bad it's bad and then you have the character mm-hmm. who was wronged be upset, rightfully so. And the person who did something bad, they're like, oh, I'm the victim. I'm hurt here. It's my betrayal. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, girl. And then the other character who is the victim has to, in some half-backed way, half-baked way, or whatever, they suddenly come to terms with the fact that, like, I love this person. I forgive them. It's fine. I'm over it. Let's move on. And then they move on, thus rewarding the person who hurt them in the first place. I don't want Colin, the, I don't want Colin and Penelope to get together. I don't want Colin and Penelope to get back together. He mm-hmm. went back to Marina in season two after he told her off of season one because I know he found out she was pregnant and he was shocked and she lied to him. I know. I get it. You're betrayed. You're hurt. You went back to her yep. after knowing that she was married and she had kids. Why would she go back yep. with you? Why would she run away with you? why would she want to chase you you think stories of your journeys and your travels is going to interest you enough for her to want to be with you are you stupid are you dumb he he clearly is and i think it's great too that you mentioned like characters doing really problematic things in season one because holy crap like there are so many issues like with consent with just um like being honest and i like i don't even know how to unpack it all between um you know, the Duke and yeah. and Daphne. I'm gonna and be, she is not a victim. No. Like, And I'm going to be very honest and say, like, when I first watched the season, I wish that they didn't include that scene. I really yeah. wish they didn't. And I also, like, Shonda has done this before. Like, she did this in Scandal, where mm-hmm. there was an episode. For those who haven't watched Scandal, um, if you don't know what Scandal is, very quickly, it is one of Shonda's... Very Washington. Ar- Carrie Washington plays the um, Washington fixer, Olivia Pope. It is one of Shonda's first shows that premiered on ABC. And she has this torn love affair with the president, Fitzpatrick Gerald III or whatever. I don't know. but I forget the actor from Scandal. Tony Goldwyn. Do you remember? He plays the, he plays the yep, Tony Goldwyn. Yeah, and there was all, always this talk to like, like the chemistry between them, you know, offhand out of, out of, you know, not just on the show. We ain't got to get into all of that. But <laughs> basically, there is this episode of Scandal where we're following um, Fitz on the campaign trail. And essentially, Melanie, who is his wife, gets locked in a room with his father and she is assaulted. There's no warning. Yep. There's no pause. There's no break. It just happens. You see it yep. happen and you're there in the show watching it. And it's the same thing that happens in um, Bridgerton with Daphne and the Duke. And I know that there are going to be some people who are going to be like, do we really need like trigger warnings? Do we need blah, 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 whatever. And what I'm saying is that like, maybe we do. I mean, I would like some, 
Yep, or I would too. Or you could just not include it in your story because you do not have to include assault or abuse in your story to make it interesting. Okay. Yep. I could have done without I, it. I, I could have done without it, to be honest. Was it necessary? Yep. No. Did it add to the story? Not really. I mean, I know that he didn't want kids. And she did. But what she didn't need to do was that. What we could have done no, was just she... had the conversation. Right. And that was like his hard line, right? This was his boundary. And she just totally traipsed all over it. And, you know, her excuse was, oh, I, th I thought he physically couldn't have kids. Not that he didn't like want to because his dad was abusive oh his daddy you know, was mean to him and he won't give me yeah. babies because i want babies like my mom has like eight kids that she had to run around and take care of yeah that's like that's just wrong and she 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 raped him essentially yeah. she thought I'm... that he couldn't physically have it so it's out of her control mm -hmm. he didn't want yep. to so she's like i'm gonna take control now i'm in mm -hmm. charge yep it's extremely problematic and it was in the books and mm. it was really bad in the book in that that book the duke and i and i feel like a lot of people just ignore that just because of all the other prettiness of the story but that's i'm really glad you mentioned scandal because i think that episode everything's coming up melly which mm. is where you know that happens is it's hard to watch like it's yep. really hard to watch and me, when I was watching Scandal, I was pretty young. And mm -hmm. it was network television. This was on ABC primetime, I think. Yeah, at 10 o'clock. Yeah. I also want to say that, like, I find it so annoying that Netflix allowed this to happen after everything you had to deal with. With this is another example, and I feel like. I hope this isn't too far off of an example that everybody can understand why I'm bringing this up. But I feel like definitely sort of learned their lesson with uh, 13 Reasons Why. Mm. When we had a first season with so many scenes that should not have been included in a show that is marketed towards children. Okay. Graphic scenes that are depicting a lot of stuff that I know lend to the story of the show and the themes of the show. But at the same time, just because you're on streaming doesn't mean you can show anything and everything all at once. Like there has to be yeah. a limit. There has to be a line. There has to be something that you're saying, I'm not depicting this. I'm not showing this. I'm not making my actor do this in a scene. And then right. season two, you still didn't learn your lesson because of the finale. Yep. So now we're doing this again with Bridgerton and you think it's okay because everything is pastel and we're playing into this like cute little uh, progressive ideal, like surface level diversity kind of like we're just the era like you think it's okay now you think that's fine we could just brush past it and it's nothing netflix has done you know you're right netflix has done this a lot and you mentioned 13 reasons why but also cuties i don't know if you remember that oh with, like, my the child actors that was off like why would you like why would you put that on also, streaming i don't tessa thompson <laughs> I have no idea why you like this movie, girl. But ever, like, when it first premiered, I think at Cannes, I think that was a film festival, she, like, fully defended it. She was like, no, it's, like, a beautiful film and has, like, such a strong no. story. And I was like, uh-uh. Some things you just, yeah. Some things are not art, Tessa. Mm -hmm. Girl, what are you talking about? You were literally in Love and Thunder. What do you mean? 
Yes. So Netflix um, has a history doing. Netflix does have a history, and I feel like Netflix. Netflix, of course, feels like they can get away with it because it's on streaming. And a lot of people will argue that like HBO has stuff on their platform that's also can be considered graphic content. And like, yeah, it's also graphic content, but that's more like the sexual variety. And also, like, mm-hmm. I can't think of any HBO shows that come to mind. Well, nope, Game of Thrones. Never mind. Let me shut up. <laughs> yeah, Let and me... Outland. I want to say Outlander too, but this is stars. Outlander has some pretty awful assault scenes, and again, they're in the books. Yeah. Um, like everyone is assaulted in that show. Oh gosh, that makes me not want to watch the show because it's on Netflix now. Did you notice that? Out- Outlander is. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, at least it's on Netflix US. Are you in the US? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be sure sometimes. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the US. Okay. Um. I didn't realize that. It's been on the US. It's been on Netflix for a while. Oh, you're right. Also, have you noticed that HBO shows are popping up on Netflix? I think that that's part of like they're licensing it to Netflix uh-huh. um, to try and just get the money. Yeah. And get the those fees. Yeah, I hate that. I <laughs> I actually I hate it. And I just, I need to go on my little rant because I talked about this in a previous episode, but I find it so stupid of a strategy for HBO to be like, oh, we're going to put some of our shows on Netflix so people can watch it. I feel like that's ridiculous because first of all, y'all did this with billionaire, billions, billions and insecure. All right. Never watched billions, but the show has the rock in it. So I'm sure it was very popular in its heyday. Insecure, watch Insecure, love Insecure. It's one of my favorite shows ever. Top 10 of the 2010s. And I'm not even joking with you. Mm -hmm. But I find it's a dumb idea. It's a stupid idea. And I don't understand why HBO did this. Now, I can understand it's like crossing different platforms, cross promotion, getting more eyes on popular titles, um, bringing up your streaming numbers. Sure, whatever. But also HBO and David... Zaslav, that's his name, right? The new, the new CEO of of Warner, HBO Max. I don't know what you call it at this point. Discovery. Mm -hmm. It has a real name. I just have lost what it is. It's David Zaslav, right? I ask this all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. David David Zaslav. Zaslav. For some reason is like hellbent on destroying HBO as a brand. HBO was built Mm -hmm. on exclusivity. It was built on yeah. excellence. It was built on prestige television. When you think of TV, you think of what? HBO. And a lot of people... You think of The Sopranos. You think yes. of, like... It, Game yes, of Thrones. it has a brand. Westworld. Yep. It has a brand. It has a strong, strong name brand. But the biggest name brands out there in television. And a lot of people subscribe to HBO because of the content that they had. They had Game of Thrones. They had... For me, it was Insecure. I subscribed to HBO because yep. Insecure. That's what I wanted to watch. And then I started watching Game of Thrones. And then I started watching Westworld. And I started watching all these other shows like Barry, Silicon Valley, Now Succession. Like there are a number of mm-hmm. shows in HBO that are so good. And HBO is such a huge brand behind it. If you have a show on HBO, it's better than Netflix because everybody yep. has Netflix. Not everybody has HBO. And that's what made it such a mm-hmm. big name brand. And for you to take your popular titles and to put them on other platforms, that is now 
making people think that they don't need to even subscribe to your platform. They don't even need to download yep. your app or pay the money because you may as well have Netflix because if an HBO show is going to end up on Netflix anyway, why would I watch an HBO first? I could just wait. I could just stay it's on Netflix. It's diluting it in the name of a quick cash infusion. And not only is it insecure, but um, there are a bunch of other shows that are going to be there, right? Six Feet Under, Ballers, Band of Bro- uh, Brothers, The Pacific. Um, they're all coming later this year. And then eventually True Blood will be there. So, like, oh, girl, not it's True a Blood. Lot. Not yep, True Blood. It's gonna, January. Listen, there are like a couple <laughs> of shows that are on HBO only that also made me get it. Like, True Blood, I've always been meaning to watch True Blood, never got around to it. But also Doctor Who. I can only yep. watch Doctor Who on Which HBO. is now Disney. Which is now Disney. And it le- I don't know if you've seen this, but like I'm convinced that the new HBO or the new um, Doctor Who logo looks like Paw Patrol. It does. Um, I can't unsee that. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. That's fine. If Russell T. Yeah. Davis wants to come in and shake things up I and know. bring back David Tennant, then I guess we'll do that. And yeah. that's what you're so gonna this is a black is... doctor and then bring yep. in the old white one that everybody keeps asking for. Whatever. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna argue with, with Doctor the Doctor Who. I just can't unsee the logo at this point. Yeah. Now I know. Okay. How did we get to Doctor Who from Bridgerton? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> this is what you get when you listen, so you should support the patreon you know subscribe yeah because it's a wild card and it's a fun discussion (laughs) yes also um oh my gosh i speaking of doctor who and speaking of bridgerton i love to see i love sex education so much and i love Mm -hmm. to see the cast winning and i feel like sex education is such a beautiful example that I don't see a lot of. If you have some examples for me, just spit them out. Another example comes to mind is Atlanta. But whenever I watch a show and I see the Ooh. show is so good and the cast is amazing and they're phenomenal and they start booking other things, it's like, yes, yes, that's what I want. Is it- but also come back. Come back, please. I need another season. <laughs> it makes you, it's it's bittersweet, right? Because you're yes. so excited for them to have the wins. But then you're like, but wait, does that mean we're going to have to wait a while until we get you know, our show's back. Literally had to wait years for season three of Atlanta. And yes, the pandemic also played a role in it. But Lakeith Stanfield booked three movies in one year. Brian Tyler Henry was in a Marvel movie. So was Zazie. Donald Glover was in The Lion King with Beyonce. Mm -hmm. So what else does he to do but wait? Yep, that's all you can do. And it's, you know, I think that's part of a larger conversation too about streaming and and television and all that nowadays because like, you can't really expect if you get hooked on a show, uh, you know, you can't expect to see it in the fall, you know, like the old network schedule and the old uh, basic cable schedule. So like, you know, shows would end in May and then the new season would start in September mm-hmm. and you would still kind of remember where the series had ended off and, you know, what had happened and it wouldn't be years. You wouldn't have to, binge everything again to remember like who's who yeah another thing that i miss about the old way of tv um is the 22 episode yes schedule. Mm-hmm. 
because now we get eight episodes, 10 episodes, 13 episodes, and y'all are still doing side quests. If you only yep. have six schedules on the docket, you better make your points, hit the mark, mm-hmm. give me context in those six episodes. You only got six. You only have yep. eight. Like, use your time wisely. That's all I'd say. Use your time wisely and, I... and use all of it. I'm like, I love the side quests and I am sad that we don't get those funky, you know, we don't get, um, so we don't get the main storyline and then the funky episodes too. Like something no is missing episodes. out. With, get to the With points. 22 episodes, we could get the funky episodes. I want yeah. my very special Christmas episode, my very special Halloween episode. I want all those weird things. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm mainly just saying that because I just... Uh, the, the shorter shows, right? I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. You can't do the side quests with the shorter shows. Yeah. Also, speaking of shorter shows, I have to ask you, because I didn't finish this, and I'm curious if you did. Did you watch Secret okay. Invasion? I did. Did you like it? I, no. Okay. I wanted to. I, I really, really wanted to. Um... I thought the very last like 10 minutes of the last episode was fantastic. And I wish that the whole season was like that. Um, I thought that I think Samuel L. Jackson and Nick Fury deserved better than this series that they got. They always deserve better. That's the thing that pisses me off now. Cause like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm pissed off. How is it that Samuel <laughs> Jackson has been in your movies for this long, carrying the name of Nick Fury? Also, Don Cheadle, which I know Don Cheadle, he has his own production company. He did Black Monday on Showtime. He has other projects that he does. You know, like he was on yeah. um, House of, not House of Cards, House of Liars? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. House of Lies, but he Lies. he he does like a lot of stuff. Yeah, Don Cheadle is busy. He's a, so he's I... an internationally renowned actor. He like he he's got awards, right? Yeah. House of Lies. House of Lies. So I can understand. Hotel why... Rwanda. Oh my god. Yeah, I can understand I why we haven't had our War Machine, um, series show. We're, I'm still waiting on Iron Wars or Secret Wars, Secret Iron Iron Wars, Armor Armor Wars, Armor which Wars. will be. But you know what? They did his character dirty in this in Secret Invasion because they said he was a scrawl. So like, what the crap? Yes, yeah, spoilers. If you if you uh, oh my gosh, we're retconning. Just, like, we're retconning. We're retconning. That everyone is a scrawl basically at, at the end of Secret Invasion. That's like what you find out. But he's a scrawl from the end of Civil War to now. So all of the everything, like Tony's funeral he missed, like everything is didn't happen to him. Wait a minute. Is he dead or is he in a pod? They had him in a pod. And we got to see them, all the people come out of the pods. Like Martin Freeman's character um, was a scroll. How was he a scroll when he was only, never mind. Right? Yeah, I know. Like everyone is a scroll. apparently. They're just like... Oh my god. Nick Fury deserved better. I also feel like sometimes with the writer with the Marvel shows and the movies, <laughs> they don't connect. Like how are you nope. as one T V series going to retcon everything's happened in Marvel Universe till now? How are you gonna do that on your lonesome? On your own? Kevin Feige really said, Okay. He really was like, Oh, we're gonna go from one division to whatever that freaking um Sam Remy Philick was 
with Doctor Strange in mm. it because he just so happens to be there. And also the Illuminati guys. Like, yeah, you're just gonna what? You're Every... gonna... Like, what is that? Every everyone says that Marvel is like so like they're called geniuses, right? Because they're like planning things, you know, all these phases. They've got you know like whiteboards and things plotted out. If you imagine uh, the dude from It's Always Sunny from Philadelphia, but I think they just throw like spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And I don't think that it's maybe as um, as genius as some people like to believe. The thing that sucks the most for me is that I truly was someone who was like a huge Marvel fan. Like I like DC, mm-hmm. you know, I'll give DC its due. Some of your, some of the watch movies are not good. Okay. I'm just going to say that right but now. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this though. I'm going to jump in, go see Blue Beetle. Oh yeah. It'll change. It'll change. Like it'll blow your mind. I saw it today. Look, I'm definitely seeing Blue Beetle. Listen, <laughs> Birds of Prey. Blue Beetle. I'm trying to think of another DC movie I like. Shazam, uh, the first one. Yep. Look, I'll give when they have good projects, they have good projects. And when they don't, mm-hmm. they don't. That's it. Yep. That's completely fair. Also, if we're talking about TV shows, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Ooh. Honestly, one of the Cancelled. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so upset that it was. It was so good. If you guys haven't watched Doom Patrol, you have to go watch it. There's one person I've been trying to get to talk about Doom Patrol forever on my podcast. And somehow she's always busy to come on mine, but never too busy to be on hers. What's that about? We're supposed to be Twitter friends. Hello? I know, that's rough. But you know what? So I got to talk to the cast of of Titans, not Doom Patrol. Oh my god, uh, I love Titans. It was so good. And they were all so sweet. And I'm so sad that they were canceled too. But again, that's like HBO. Blame that because that was so part of that that's so unfair because titans was good i'm not gonna lie titans sometimes felt very like soap drama soap soap drama to me yeah in some ways especially the last season you know that love that i didn't watch the last season you didn't all right i won't spoil it because apparently i'm spoiling everything for you (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i'm the kind of person where like i don't want a show to end so i just don't finish it i understand there yep i've i've I do that too. In my brain, Titans, the next season, it's in development. They just can't do it right now because it's a strike. <laughs> but, you know, they in the writer's room. They cooking it up. So this isn't this isn't a spoiler, but Lex Luthor is mm-hmm. in the next season of Titans. So I it's totally worth him. Okay. I mean, I'm, I was like... He's, wa- he's worth watching. Wait, is he? Yeah, Titus... Um, well, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Well, like, Iver. Well, did he Iver. die early in the season? I don't know. You'll have to watch and find out. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We're not getting paid for this. We can spoil it if we want to. I'm not going to give spoilers. I don't care if y'all watch it or not. I don't get paid yes, either he, way. He did. he did. Mother Mayhem got him. Why did he die so early in the season, though? That was so annoying. That I was watching it, I was like, are you kidding me? You bring in someone who's interesting and different, and then they just go? Why? It's totally like like almost a red herring, right? Because you think, oh, Lex Luthor's here. He's going to be the big bad. No. It's like, oh, we're getting into the Superman story, psych. Mm-hmm. Also, also, that reminds me of Luke Cage season one, when... Mm-hmm. Mahershala Ali, who played a phenomenal villain in the show, dies! 
in episode five or four. I don't remember. But I was so pissed when that happened. I was so mad. I was like, I'm about to stop watching this show. I'm about to just give up. And honestly, yep. I kind of wish I did because I didn't even like season two that much. And I don't know if they came out yep. the third season, but I didn't even watch the third season. I was just kind of like, I'm well, done. The, was the Defenders set between one and two? Because I Or was that post two? The Defenders was after Luke season two. Okay, so The Defenders is like season 2.5, sort oh. of, of Luke Cage. Kinda, yeah. I don't, honestly don't remember. I would have to look Let's at a timeline see. or something. It's been a while since I've it, watched those shows, I'm not gonna lie. But Loki, I should do a Daredevil rewatch. What do you think? I'm doing it now. If you totally, I'm <sighs> like, if you want to do it with someone, I'm totally doing it. I just finished season one and I want to talk about it, so. <laughs> Well, guess what? Season five isn't gonna come out until twenty twenty four. Yeah, like the Daredevil so born again. <gasps> yeah, again. well, they, they yep. Or isn't Alex Daredevil the kitchen. going to show up in Echo? Supposedly, yes. As long as well as Kingpin, um, there uh. was a resume for a costume designer online and that resume had that they were doing the costumes for daredevil and kingpin so people figured out but the comics are like all their stories are super intertwined yeah so it makes sense i'm not gonna lie seeing matt murdoch in um which what was the last spider-man movie yeah oh um uh, no way home no way home seeing matt murdoch in no way home i was like (gasps) no this is my fan first service this is my fan service. <laughs> I don't care about Andrew Garfield and uh, the other guy. I don't care. Matt Murdock, that's for me. They knew. Marvel was like, all right, you little weirdos <laughs> from the Netflix show. You can have your little stinky lawyer. Here you go. And my theater totally gasped when that Bro, happened. I like, lost they my knew. mind. I fully, I fully gasped too. And then there are people next to me that are like, who's that guy? Who's he? Like <laughs> people fully being like, why? Why is there a pan to this dude? Should we know who he is? And I'm like, y'all don't even. I'm in on it. I was like, I'm in on it. No, because like you don't understand. I've heard the secret society. Like y'all don't have the third eye. You open up your third. Yeah. Like I truly was like, Marvel saw it and they saw me. Like Kevin Feige and I, we're right here. <laughs> I was too excited about it, and I'm too excited now. I'm doing too much. <laughs> yeah, you need to do the Daredevil rewatch. Actually, I want to know what did you think of Daredevil and She Hulk. Ooh. Did you see? I did see it, and I just want to. Is say, that a whole other thing? It's it's right. It's so accurate because the thing yep. is, everyone remembers Daredevil as being this broody, dark, Catholic, guilt-ridden, like character who is like all moody and sad and mopey and blah blah blah, and he kicks ass in the hallway. Like that's how they remember him. What they forget is that he tried to sleep with every single woman he had a conversation with. <laughs> yeah. Every single woman. Even Rosario Dawson. And I was half yep. convinced that she was in a relationship, but I don't think that was in the show. It may have been in my mind. And then with Karen well, they had... and then with Electra, like what's is there anyone you're not gonna try in season one? They had I mean something. I could be joking. Yeah. They had a little sort of there. Something. Yeah. But you're totally right. In the comic books, he's like a womanizer. And I think this was like so perfect and so light. And yeah, and I love seeing the walk of shame. That was I just f- amazing. I feel like people felt like, of course, there were annoying people who thought that Daredevil was somehow emasculated by being on the show. But we still got our cool hallway scene. We still got our cool yeah, fight. Yeah, we did. And also, 
I I mean, I had fun with She-Hulk. I'm not going to lie. I basically yep. just ignored the CGI. And if you just have fun with it, it's fun. And also, yep. like, Daredevil being in the show, I love that. And also, I love that in the last episode, Daredevil just kind of shows up. Because I feel like some people mm-hmm. thought he was going to be, like, saving her. She's going to be like, some damsel in distress. And I nope, did this see- is her story. I saw, I saw theories of that on Tumblr. And I was like, you guys are stupid. You guys obviously yep. have lost the plot because, <laughs> like, what do you mean? What do you mean? No more, no womanizers over here. None of that. Mm-hmm. None of that. Like, the yep. damsel in distress, I don't play that. All right? She's nope. eight feet tall. She can take care of herself. Absolutely. Literally. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Also, I like the, um, the meta kind of breaking the fourth wall and then truly breaking oh, the fourth yeah. wall. That was fun. Yeah, that was, I mean, the show, like, if exactly like you said, if you had fun with it, if you went in knowing what it was, like, it was cool for what it was. Yeah. It's not dark and gritty. We have to get back to Bridgerton. <laughs> I can't keep doing this to Lynn, like, to Lynn. I have to stay on topic. There's a reason, like... <laughs> so Brid- Brid- Bridgerton, if, if. If Matt Murdock was in Bridgerton, no, 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 what no, would no, you? No. Okay, so let's just talk about season one. Okay. Okay. We were trying to do it before, and we veered off topic. Um, it happens. Yeah. Okay, so season four, Daphne and Simon. Volume... Season one, right? Season one. That's a season yeah. four. You're, you're, you know, speeding it up a little bit. <laughs> Tulin, don't even do that to me. Don't even try it. Don't, don't even, like, <laughs> she's speeding up a little bit. Try to save me with that, girl. Let me suffer. <laughs> okay. All right. Season one. Simon mm-hmm. and Daphne. The uh, love story. The love story. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it was a good love story. I love that kind of trope. It's the, let's pretend that we're in love. Let's pretend that we're dating to actually fall in love and start dating. That's... Yeah. Listen, Shonda, if you just keep bringing me the YA tropes, I might might keep coming back. I might. Yeah. I might. Okay. I don't know what we're going to do with Colin and Penelope. What YA trope do you think will fit good with that one? I feel like... It's not... I don't know. I feel like older brother will be good. I have a crush on your older brother. I like your older brother. Like, that's a thing. That, like, there's an age. There's a thing called age gap romance, uh-huh. and that that that's been like topping the romance charts now. Like, there's a book by Megan Quinn that just came out, and I'm forgetting the name of it. That's like on the top of all the romance charts. It's like an age gap romance, so that could be it. Okay, now I have to look this up because I'm not gonna lie. I stopped watching. I stopped reading YA books when I left high school, but. I spend way too much time on TikTok and people start recommending me books on TikTok and I'm kind of like You're on hmm. BookTok. Listen, I'm veering into BookTok. Like, <laughs> she has a lot of books. She does. Um and it's it's her new one. Right. Yeah, Man, something right stars. Time. No, it's something stars. Um she the, oh, so the way of... I hate the way I hate him. That's the new one. She has a lot of books. Oh yeah. my gosh. No, there are too many. <laughs> and they're in Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a subscription to that, um, you can read them all without paying like for every single book. Oh my gosh, this is insane. Okay. 
You have to remind me what we were talking about. <laughs> we were talking about um, what season three, could, what trope, YA trope season three could possibly have. And you said that yes. Colin could have the older brother trope. Yeah. And that's when I started talking about age gap moment. That reminds, I honestly, when I said that, I immediately thought, Kissing Booth? Because that's the base of oh. a book, right? Yeah, that w- that totally was. And then it was a show, right? Was or a movie. a movie? Girl, it was a disaster, if you ask me. Yeah, that, I didn't watch it, but I remember people saying that it was. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. it had Joey King in it, wow, and oh, Jacob Elordi. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's so funny that Joey King was in that show and also in... <laughs> The show where she plays a little girl whose mom was like making her sick. Um, not Ramona and the Beezus, right? The act. Oh my gosh, the act. <laughs> Ramona and mm-hmm. the Beezus. That's also based on a bug <laughs> to Lynn. Yeah. No. <laughs> Ramona and the Beezus. Tell me you were joking when you said that. I'm no, bad. I'm just like trying to remember all the things she's done. <laughs> Ramona and the Beezus. That was years ago. That was a, a different movie. A different era. So Selena, Gomez, Selena Gomez, right? Yeah. She was, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Older brother trope. Do we like do so okay, do we like um do we like let's talk about like the, the lead let's talk about the actors. And the romances, right? Do we think that the romance is believable in season one, season two? Will it be in season? I just want to talk about season three because I'm not excited about the Penelope romance. But was it believable in season one? Yeah, I feel like it was believable. Yeah, it was such a cool love story. I totally agree with you on that. I think it was just like really, I don't know. It's like I couldn't stop watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it's like I like my I like my mates. I like my mate's little (laughs) sister. I like my mate's little sister. What do I do? Mm Mm-hmm. And what's her name? Phoebe uh Bry. I don't remember her last name, but she is like she is classically beautiful. Like she's Mm -hmm. so simply like, girl, your face? Wow, it eats. Each time. Mm-hmm. It's... Wow. So Phoebe died never. And she was almost Lois Lane. In the new DC universe. Um, oh. Wait, really? She was like one of the... Yeah, she was like one of the last three. Like they were doing casting with her. Um, I don't feel like... Like she, screen testing with her. I feel like... Yeah, she does feel like the classically pretty person for Lois Lane. But she doesn't have Lois Lane's look. You know? No. Well, she didn't get it, so... Yeah, no. Rachel Brosnan got it, as she should. Queen. She deserves. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, so she... It was Superman was Legacy. Rachel, she was... Was Rachel Brosnan in Bunheads? Ooh, I don't know. I don't think she was in Let Bunheads. It, it may have been another actress. But I'm trying to remember what I knew her from before Marvelous Miss Maisel. Because I feel like Marvelous Miss Maisel, I saw her and I was like, I know her. I know her some somewhere it's like i've seen her before and remember she was on that show on quibi you remember quibi i do i think it was it didn't exist very long oh no yeah it didn't but she was on this show about a gold hand or something i'm gonna look it up because i'm curious now i she has definitely a more lois lane vibe 
Um, I'm sure she. Holy crap. She was in a lot of stuff. Wow. Previous Spies in Disguise? No. I guess it. Oh, well, it may have been um, House of Cards. Because I was trying to find wow, out. Wow, that if, was a while ago. Or Manhattan. Black. No, The Blacklist. She was on The Blacklist? Only for six episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's still decent. Like, that's still. I'm lot. sorry. This has become a Rachel Brosson research podcast. <laughs> We we are just kind of talking about Bridgerton as we talk about everything else. As we talk about everything else. Hold on. She She's no. in Boomtown. Boomtown. I don't know what that is. Blacklist. I'm looking at pictures of her in Blacklist and I don't really recognize her in it. I guess she was like a smaller character, but girl, I don't remember you. Blacklist. She does look like the lead actress in Blacklist. Like she does. Rachel Brosnan house of cards she was um, in that for five seasons like all of it right was she it was five seasons i think of house of cards she, for her right they had five seasons and she was in it am i totally i don't think so oh okay. wait i think i recognize her she was like somebody that someone was cheating sleeping with oh she was rachel rachel posner in House of Cards. She was someone, something, someone. Okay. We need to go back to Bridgerton. We need to stop this. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the actress, Phoebe Dynavore, um, you know, it's Daphne. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in season two very much. And then she's not in, supposed to be in season three at all. She's confirmed she's not coming back. I mean, that's good. Because she has to go back and live her life. She's a mom. Right. And I think it also lets that, um, like, the other cast members shine, right? Their love story is finished. They had their happy ending. We saw the continuation of their happy ending, I guess, with the baby. Mm-hmm. Now they can go off and live in their, you know, duckle estate. Well, I don't know. Do you think we'll see Anthony and Kate, like, and their babies or whatever this season and then, you know, wave goodbye to them? Most likely. Mm-hmm. I think that that is going to happen. I think that Anthony and Kate, I mean... Maybe, but maybe not, because she's supposed to be the Viscountess. And Anthony said in season two that the Viscountess will be there to manage the household. So I think that they're meant to stay there, because he's a Viscount. He's supposed to take care of the house, so he needs a Viscountess to help him, you know? So I yeah. think, I, I mean, she said that she's not coming back to sex education. She said, I'm a Bridgerton girly now, and I respect it. <laughs> so... You're right. I'm looking it up. And Jonathan Bailey has said that, you know, he'll be back in season three. I'm also very excited um, for Simon Ashley. Simone Ashley, I just love her. She's so beautiful. And I'm so glad because, you know, people were talking about how there is very little um, Asian representation in the show. And Mm -hmm. and then, you know what? You know what Shonda said? She said, I'm going to give y'all something. Here you go. She said, I'll fix it. Yeah, I got it. And also, Simone Ashley, and I don't know the actress's name who plays Edwina, they're so beautiful. And then having Never Have I Ever as a show, mm-hmm. I forget how to say the actress's first name. I think it's, I, I'm not even going to attempt it if I'm not going to get it right. But the actress who plays um, Davy and Never Have I Ever also being a prominent beautiful brown girl on the, mm-hmm. on the big, on the big screen, on your, on your screen, whatever it is. Also, um, 
oh crap what's the actress's name she is in the show is it are you thinking of citadel right now on amazon no. i'm no? not okay. thinking of priyanka chopra i'm thinking i'm talking about young okay. brown girls she's young, yeah but okay. not that young also um the girl from blockers the girl from oh. the actress's name not to look up blockers because i follow her instagram and ah oh, gosh it's gonna kill me if i don't get this right and Edwina, I'll, I'll say real quick, Edwina Sharma's actress is Charithra Chandran. Shout out to her. And also shout out to Geraldine V. I can't say the last name. So I'm just going to say Geraldine V. Girl, you know who you are. Okay. Shout out to you. Also holding it down for the brown girls. Love you lots. Love you lots. <laughs> I just loved seeing that in um, yeah in uh, oh, season two. she been in? Also, Simone, Geraldine has been in a lot. Go ahead. Also, also, um, Simone Ashley being a Bridgerton. Mr. Gatwa, I can't say his first name. I can't. I can't remember how to say it. Mr. Gatwa is this the guy who played N um and wow, N C U T I is how you write it, right? N C U T I Nishuti. I think it's how you pronounce it. Nishuti. I'm not sure. Nishuti Doctor Gatwa. Who. Yeah, homie from the new, new Doctor Who, and just so many other amazing people doing amazing things. Also, him being a Barbie, mm -hmm. and then Emma Mackey being in it with him. Oh, we love yep. to see it. And also, her, her being in Bridgerton, truly the versatility of this actress. She went from playing yeah. a high schooler to being a lady of the ton, and she did it so flawlessly. Anthony, <laughs> Mr. Bailey pretending that he is straight for eight episodes listen uh, that was yeah to you that I, was i fully forgot jonathan bailey was fruity i forgot it slipped my mind i'm sorry <laughs> she did that so well yeah oh and i'm looking at barbie I feel like you haven't talked about barbie right we haven't done barbie yet i do have somebody in mind to do a podcast with them but no we haven't done barbie yet which i love and i have to watch oppenheimer i have to balance it out you know what i mean <laughs> all right so you're gonna do that are you gonna do the double feature and i'm getting totally off topic again i mean i've already seen barbie twice i don't know if i'm, I'm gonna be able to sit through it a third time because although i like barbie mm -hmm. i feel the same way about barbie as i feel about bridgerton i like it it's mm -hmm. pretty to watch it's fun to watch but when you look at the deep political like like when you really look and sit down and think about the show and overthink this show a lot you see that it is liberal farce it is just yep. you know I don't want to say BS, but surface level diversity for what? For what? What are we doing here? Come on. It's, it's going to be an interesting episode. Yeah. Especially because that was my first Greta Gerwig movie. And I feel like that like solidifies my already like judgments of her before I've been watching any of her movies, which is like, it's for the white girls. Mm. It's for the white girls, guys. The I don't, I'm thinking, what else has she done? I'm trying to think of her. Because I Lady know. Bird like it's and Little Woman. Yeah. And she also yeah, okay. wrote and co-directed with Noah Bachman? 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 Bombach. Who's her husband or, or partner? Partner. I believe. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Little, little Women. Another period. Haven't watched that yet. Piece about that brings us back to Bridgerton. Watching Little Women. We're, try we're trying, guys. Yeah. You know, Eloise would fit right in with that group. 
Oh, she would. She's yeah. totally like the snarkiness. She would be amazing in Little Women. A hundred percent. Fan casting her now. Put put, you know, crossover Eloisa from Bridgerton right. into Little Women. I also want to say Eloisa's character. I really did like her at times, yep. but she does kind of give me like white feminist vibes. Like, how are you going mm-hmm. to go to your servants? And not something they have time to gossip. They have to do their jobs just servicing you guys day and night. Like, yep. you're ridiculous. You spent all these times running around uh, learning about feminism and women's equality and equal rights. And you guys have people who work under you day in, day out with any kind of break or um, thought of their well-being. You know, you there's a, a, very there's easy a life disconnect girl. there. Yep. Also, with and she... Theo Sharp. Oh, girl. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? Go ahead. No, I, didn't you off. I totally. No, no, no. I totally. Now I'm going gonna go on a, a Theo Sharp, you know, deep dive because I totally Too forgot late. about him. We had to stay. We had to stay focused. But he's he's Bridgerton, right? Okay, go off. No, like he he. It was. I think that was an interesting character. Um, so he's played by Kaylin Lynch, right? Adorable. Oops. My phone is now telling me I have low battery, so I better not talk about Kaylin Lynch and Theo Sharp. Back you to Bridgerton. You need to go get your charger. <laughs> well, I can't because I'm plugged in with my um, oh my wired headphones. So oh okay, all right. I'm old school. <laughs> I don't have AirPods. How many? Okay, how much battery do you have left? Because I don't want to. Uh, it, I don't know. It's red. It said I had 20%, so okay. hopefully it'll be okay. You'll be, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. Um, just let me know when it gets to, like, 10%, like, you see the flashing. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, then. If I suddenly disappear, you'll know why. Bye, no. everyone! <laughs> Tulin, don't do that to me. <laughs> okay. Bridgerton. Do you like um, Daphne more than Kate? Or do you think Kate is a better, you know, diamond? No, well, she wasn't the diamond of the season, Ooh. but... No, Edwina was, right? Edwina was, yeah. Do you feel like Kate is a better love interest than Daphne? That's a really hard question. I think they're both unique. And I think they're... So they're love interests for different people, right? So it's kind of hard to compare because their partners are different. Um, I think that both were struggling under the weight of what society wanted for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what their families wanted for them. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. Um, and I think that gave their characters a lot of depth. And I enjoyed that. So I think I think it's hard to compare just because they're different. You know, it's different couples. Yeah. What about you? I'm going to be honest to say that Kate is the better one. Love you, Daphne. Love you, Daphne. Love you lots. Okay. You're a real <laughs> one, girl. I, I mean... Until you, you know, assaulted your husband, and then well, that was just like, yeah. don't love me. And I'm not, I, you know, I'm not mentioning <laughs> that, which is, uh. you know, blinders that kind of messes up everything. It does mess up everything, but I do want to say, like, Kate overall, I love her as a love interest because I love Simone Ashley. I love her mm-hmm. down. Okay. I don't know how long she's been in the game. I'm just kind of assuming that she's new because sex education is the first thing I saw her in. But she really took the role of Kate and bodied it. 
elevated it and just brought us a performance. She was giving pride and prejudice. She was giving Jane Austen. Jane Austen would have yep. wiped at her feet if she saw what she did. Also, Jonathan Bailey, as a phenomenal actor as he is, he's usually, he's more of a comedy actor, I believe. He's done some yeah. dramatic roles as well. And I'm sure he's on Broadway. I'm sure he's been on the West End, as they say in the UK. <laughs> but he takes Anthony and also the dark like mess from his mascara that gives him like kind of like an eyeliner look where he's like yeah. scaring at people. The guy the guy liner, right? Bro, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Love her. I, yeah. love her down. She was, you know, I it was amazing. Um I'm trying to think, like, was there a favorite Kate moment that you had? Something that really stood out for you or something that, like, you knew you adored her? I, this is going to sound really dumb. I'm sure there's, like, a more, I feel like the more iconic one that people will say is, of course, like, maybe the kissing scene or possibly when she overhears Anthony talking about what he looks for in a woman and she puts him mm-hmm. in his plate. That's what I love. Yeah. But also the scene that I love the most was when Edwina wants Kate and Anthony to spend time together because she thinks yep. that Kate hates Anthony. What she doesn't mm-hmm. know is that they kind of like each other, but they can't say that they are making obvious because people are always looking. But there's a scene when I don't know exactly what happened, but Edwina's sitting at a table Anthony's sitting next to her and she sees Kate and she's like, come here, come here. And Kate starts walking over and Anthony stares at her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they sit down and then they start, there's a group of guys that come up to them and it's like, oh, let's go hunting. We're going to go hunting. And then, you know, Kate's like, oh, me too. Bet. Let's go. And, and she then, has that big, you know, rifle, right? And the hat yeah. and the blue out. Yeah. Yeah. And then Anthony's like, oh, well, I don't know if you want to come. And then she's like, why? Because I'm a woman. Is that what you think? And immediately I'm like, see, y'all like each other and get, you're still bantering. They're still <laughs> better. Like, you're still doing yep. too much. I'm like, they're in love. Look at them. Now they're, yeah. you can tell that their banter is from love. Like, what is this? How do we think? Um... Let's get back to Edwina. Do you think Edwina is going to get her um... happy ending? Is she? Yeah. I feel like they're going to do her like they did Marina. They're going to bring her back for just one scene and then throw her away. And I want to say, Edwina, at least they did you a little bit better than they did Marina. Because they did her dirty. She came there and she was the belle of the ball. And then she suffered the rest of the season. Oh, she did. Yeah. Also, like, Edwina, love her. She's so beautiful. So sweet. So kind. I think they did make her kind of dumb for not noticing what was going on <laughs> between her and her sister. Like shall- shallow almost, right? Like there's... I don't think shallow. She doesn't reach shallow to me. She's just, just dumb. She's naive. <laughs> and her naive. That's a good way to describe it. Looks like she was stupid. And then when she saw her and her brother making eyes after the wedding was called off and they're in the drawing room with you know lady danbury and violet richerton like they're making eyes mm-hmm. at each other over the dog and then and we said they're like oh right in front of my salad y'all been doing this the whole time was i really that blind was i really that dumb yes yep you were and we love you for it but <laughs> she can suddenly see the dramatic irony is not that ironic okay <laughs> it's right there <laughs> it's right there Oh, excuse me. I also want to say, loved Lady Danbury so much. 
and I appreciate the backstory and Queen Charlotte. However, if we could get my girl a man, I would also appreciate <laughs> it too. I'm just saying, I'm tired of her being the lonely Spencer that stands around and just gives people wisdom and knowledge. Like, she's playing Mammy, okay? She looks good, but she's mm-hmm. playing Mammy, and I don't like it. She needs more than just meddling. Like, she needs her own drive. Life. Like, her own, yeah. She gotta and have I her think... own things going on. Please, once. Yep. Yep. Not just, be, like, messing with the queen. Not just... Yeah, I totally agree. And I know she's been in mourning for Violet Bridgerton's um, dad, Lord uh, Lord Ledger, right? That was his name. Mm. Um, I mean, she can't be in mourning for that long. Like, I know, it's been like 50 years. Yeah, girl, It's been a long on. time. Move on. Yeah. You're older than he was when he died. Like, that's an achievement mm-hmm. at that. In that period, it is. You got gray hairs. You should have been gone. <laughs> If we're being honest, it said in eighteen eleven, they were not living that long. Not for gray hair. Okay, so I just looked it up, mm-hmm. and Lady Danbury also had a relationship with Duke Adolphus. Who's Duke? Who's Duke Adolphus? Charlotte's brother. Oh, Prince Adolphus. I remember so I kind yeah that was short lived. Very short lived. That was short. You watched Queen Charlotte. You know that was short lived. I did. Yeah. But I forgot that. They, I mean, it was so short lived that I forgot. I low key forgot that, that he was that in the show. If I'm being honest, I saw him in the first episode. I was like, why isn't he in any of the cast interviews? And then I realized mm-hmm. why, because he's not even there. Not for real. Yeah. At least they gave a dark skinned black woman a love story, but did it have to be with someone old enough to be her father? Also, with her being yeah. like humped. By a dead seal every night? Like, what is that? That's, yeah. It was gross. It was gross. Okay, I'll just say that. It was. Yeah, that's, yep. I don't feel like I went this much into detail in Queen Charlotte because I was more or less just trying to, like, I feel like I was trying to be nice in the episode. I was like, I like this. It's good. It's fun. It's a fun time. And I really was just like, this is not part of Bridgerton. This is not connected to Bridgerton. Don't think about Bridgerton. Just watch the show and have fun. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. A good time. Season two of Bridgerton, I <laughs> had a good time. Because y'all didn't bring up race. It did try to make a social commentary. It was just a romance mm-hmm. story. And I enjoyed that. Yep. I enjoyed it. I also live for family drama. Mm-hmm. And there live. was a lot of family drama in oh, there. It was great. And I think it, it was on the dual fronts, right? Because it was between Edwina and her sister, Kate. And it was between all of the Bridgertons, which are always drama. But it was a different type oh of family gosh. drama with the two sisters. These white people need to get over themselves, please. <laughs> I know the story is centered around you, but it's not about you. You know? Especially Colin. He needs to grow up. If he does Penelope wrong again in season three, he's gonna have to get hay fever. He's gonna have to get something. I'm sorry. He's he's definitely gonna do something stupid. I I, I just can't imagine him not. I don't know what it's gonna be. Can Colin walk around with the open infected wound and like die in the next two days? Can he do that for me? I'm so sick <laughs> we of We really you. don't like Colin. Bro, I hope you and lose I, a leg. I hope so you they lose have, both your legs. They have a nickname for Colin and Penelope, which like sums up how I feel. And it's, it's basically pollen. Like, yeah, that's that's an effective nickname because that explains how unexcited I am for Colin. That is so bad. 
I want more for you, Nicola. I love you, girl, but I want more for you. <laughs> yeah. You were in Barbie movie for two minutes, girl. I want more for you. Oh, and now my phone is flashing. So, or it, it's doing the 10 uh, percent. So. Okay. All right. We can wrap it up here because I don't really do an ending segment anymore. <laughs> I mean, we can, if you have any recommendations or to anybody, well, uh, no, you can do it. Yes. Yeah. I totally do. Go see Blue Beetle if you haven't seen it yet already. <laughs> it was amazing. It was really, it was campy and great. And just like, I had chills. I you cried. Really like it was, it was really fun. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of, okay, one recommendation I have, for, I have for everyone is to watch Heartstopper. Season two is out and I have rewatched the entire series four times. I am obsessed. New episode will be out of a Heartstopper soon. So everyone has to go rewatch <laughs> it because it's phenomenal. Also, I finally watched Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, eat, eat down. Reese Witherspoon, the force that you are. Also, Carrie Washington, girl, you done it again you've done it amazing yep also it's just it was so good so good so much fun it makes me want to read i love that there are two shows about books because it makes me want to read and i'm just too woke and too lazy to get that done but maybe one day maybe one day (laughs) maybe one day y'all will see me at a hockey game acting a fool you never know (laughs) (laughs) oh and you're talking about the book talk lady right oh my god uh, yep Yes. That's a whole nother episode. Oh my gosh. Y'all, y'all gotta look up Seattle Kraken and Book Talk. You'll be in for a wild ride. Ooh, girl. <laughs> the best two hours of my week. <laughs> and that, it. it was lovely talking. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys. For, don't forget to check out Tulin on everything in the description. And don't forget to share, listen, rate, review, follow us Subscribe. on all the socials. Subscribe. Okay. <laughs> and I'll see you Bye. next week. Bye.